0: Hey, guys, listen up. This is the SEC Insider Hit, powered by Miss Kelly Furniture. Mississippi's number one.
1: Number one sleep store. Well, we were just debating important things like uh, pizza, and cooking pizzas on the grill and at home for Super Bowl Sunday and the toppings that you love. That's the kind of deep insight that you get on this, uh, on this show when it comes to Chiefs and Eagles. Actually, we just, at 7.30 today, we had the uh, Ole Miss wide receiver coach that coached A.J. Brown for three years uh, before going to the Titans and Eagles. So we do do our hardcore sports at times, too. We are the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 1059, The Zone. Speaking of the Super Bowl, premium cigars from Havana Smoke Shop, I 55 North in Jackson. Premium cigars, Havana Smoke Shop at The Res. And don't forget that Mudbugs is open all weekend with the best crawfish in Mississippi. We want to welcome in Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. He is out in Glendale, Arizona. And, uh, well, what's it like out there? What's the week been like, my man?
0: It's crazy and hectic as always. Uh, over on Media Row now, they, they renamed it from Radio Row, I guess. Um, but it starts a little slow. I got here on Monday, but then it starts to pick up, and it's just a, you know, big melting pot of everybody and anybody related to the NFL for the most part. So we've, you know, had some good discussions on our podcast, and you know, seen some people, and, and good times. You know, getting ready for the game.
1: Who's the most famous person you've either seen or run into? Um, I, so I
0: like to think that most people who run into me answer that question. So that, <laughs> I, I flip it with them. What, the, what I struggle with is everybody can recognize me if they've met me before, but I don't really, I don't do great at remembering faces or names. So a lot of people say hi to me who I don't know. So, um, you know, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. <laughs> but we had, we had Taylor Luan on our show because he had some conspiracy theory about our grades and players paying. grades so we we called them out on it and had them on our podcast so that was that was a good one
2: I
1: love it uh if you wear your San Francisco Giants jersey that it (laughs) may give you I don't know how much but it may give you a, a, a bump around all those celebrities former players and whoever else former coaches and whoever else you're you're running into
0: it's true you know there there are way more people who are way more famous than I am. So you do need to do, you need something to stand out that that certainly could help.
1: Okay. Is it a zoo?
0: Basically. Yeah, a little bit. It, it is. I mean, it's like, um, you know, everybody's trying to get people on their shows and people are just running around. You know, people are trying to come in and promote things. you got a lot of former NFL players and hall of famers running around. They've got something to push. I think we've got, we have Emmett Smith in about an hour, you know, pushing his tequila. We're about to talk to him in a little bit here. So, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a crazy time
1: out here. Dude, you're getting a – you are getting to interview Emmett Smith. Okay, when yeah. I was a kid –
0: pushing his tequila. Ahead,
1: yeah, he was at – which is awesome. That's great. Uh, you know, when he was at the University of Florida, um, he took a pitch four yards in the backfield against Mississippi State. I'm, I'm sorry, in the end zone. And on on Florida side of the football and ran it all the way, you know, not it was like ninety six yard run. Um wow. yeah, and this is pre spurrier before they got really, really good. And of course we all remember him with the Cowboys. Well, that's the glory days. Blake's been a Cowboys fan for uh since his birth and um they haven't been good, you know, since he was like four years old. So yeah, the um, early
0: nineties were special. Glory days.
1: One thing that I've heard about Emmett, and I can't wait for you to tell us about it later, is he's been so successful off the field, but I wonder how much he'll get into stories. I mean, outside of him, you know, pushing his tequila, and I think that's great. Uh, I wonder how many stories he'll share maybe on whatever it is, Jimmy Johnson. I know these have been told, but it's still good to capture Irvin or anything else um, while he was there. Who, who, else? Who else are you trying to land this week?
0: Oh, I don't know. Just um, trying to think off the top of my head here. I mean, we have, like, Mina Kimes from ESPN. She's yes. always been a friend of the show and yes. stuff like that. So, uh, Dan Orlovsky, because he has some ridiculous takes that we need to call him out on. And uh, But he never gives us time. He never gives us time down there. So, we're always trying to get Dan out and, uh, you know, call him out on his top five QBs and all that stuff that he does. All
1: right. Uh, what's the weather like?
0: It's It's warm in the day and cool at night it's uh you know dry and deserty but it's uh you know 60s and 70s over here gets cool at night though uh
1: they're loading up content every five seconds pff.com pro football focus podcast and all sorts of other nuggets steve palazzolo joins us on the out of bounds show how many people does pro football focus have out there
0: uh, we're pretty small right now. We only have five at the moment, but we've got uh, the big bosses coming in. Chris Collinsworth, will come in. You know, he, he likes to, he likes to get into the party scene, you know, on Friday and Saturday, uh. leading into the Super Bowl, do some smoozing and all that stuff. So, we've got a few more people coming in. I think tomorrow.
1: Okay. What about you? Are you going to make a party? Are you or is Steve Palazzolo strictly podcast, the website, booking and guests, and and all that? No
0: i like to mingle you know just try to it's a good good networking event so i go to like the big uh, they had a big media party on uh, on a farm where they you know just feed you and everything so i do that uh might be a fan duel party or something coming up uh tomorrow night so i'm just going to go uh, interact with people and uh network a little bit
1: all right so you went to some kind of farm in the phoenix metro area did any of the food jump out at you that you had was no, something it was, like it was amazing
0: ama- it was actually amazing it sounded ridiculous but it was amazing there were thousands of media members there probably a 30 acre farm and they just had food everywhere and free drinks and a DJ that didn't need to be there but you know look it was a good it was a good uh, again nice little get together they take care of the media out here at the Super Bowl
1: do you find that Blake and I were discussing this this morning and you know how Blake nerds out on this NFL stuff like y'all do and and he said he said we don't have a villain like, that, that it's a weird temperature in the room this week. Obviously, everybody's, you're excited, you're in the throes of it. Y'all are going to get millions of page views and downloads and all that, and I love it for y'all. Um, and everybody will be locked in, and the ratings will be amazing. But do you find that between the, even though the Chiefs have been living in this AFC championship space, five in a row, in their third Super Bowl, maybe if they win this one, Steve Palazzolo they'll they'll get that villain hated deal that we do with the Patriots and other teams but do you find that there's not really it's hard to hate Andy Reid right I mean he's overweight and seems like this you know great guy to hang out with and smash a cheeseburger and drink a beer now I think Sirianni is is cocky and 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 could turn into something later Uh, you can't hate Jalen Hurts or or Patrick Mahomes are you reading do you agree with that no what do you see Steve
0: I actually, yeah, I agree with your assessment there. I do think winning does create the villain, though. So the point about, hey, if the Chiefs win this, people will start to get sick of them. I, I don't know if if people get remember the Patriots of the early 2000s, but they were like America's team. Sorry about the Cowboys, but America loved the Patriots for a few years. They were the plucky underdog. Their first Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, they came out as a team for the first for their Super Bowl. They didn't get introduced as individuals. It was like, oh, they're, they're such a team. That's what they do. Um, and then it was like, oh, wait, they win nonstop. We hate them now. So uh, the Chiefs could go through that. Mahomes is so likable though because he's fun to watch and does crazy stuff. So I don't know if the Chiefs ever get the villain status, but yeah, I think I think players. I mean, uh, fans definitely get sick of the same team winning and this there there is a golden opportunity if the chiefs don't dominate the next few years there is a golden opportunity for the NFL to have that that special parody that they always yearn for where you know maybe it's the bengals, maybe it's the bills the the Eagles built a a great team one year we could have this mishmash of different champions instead of oh, it's Tom Brady holding the trophy every other year right. so there is a chance for that, but I think you're right as far as everybody's assessment of the game too. It's like, ah, it should be close, right? The Eagles have a great team, the chiefs have Mahomes, and they're solid all around. So it should be a good game and there's nobody to root against. And uh, yeah, I, I agree that, you know, there's a lot of uh, positivity around both teams right now.
1: Okay. Do you believe for our listeners? Most of you don't, I don't think really follow this. Nick Sirianni is the head coach for the Eagles. He's new. He's young. Um, Blake and I were talking about his sideline demeanor, Steve Palazzola. And yeah, uh, in the NFL, I think the overwhelming majority of guys are stoic, kind of like Andy right. Reid, John Harbaugh, Bill Belichick, and so on. Uh, uh, Mike Tomlin, but uh, hell, Mike McCarthy. I wonder sometimes if you know is he breathing. Um, but but Sean Payton would get would get brash and get a little shoulder shuffle going, wiggle. And I mean he 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 more than most guys that I can think of. Would have a little juice on the sideline. One, do you agree with that? I mean, he he'd get a little cocky and 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 so on, which doesn't happen in the NFL. Do you agree that Nick Sirianni has some cocky tendencies on the sideline as a head coach?
0: Yeah, maybe a little bit. I mean, he's definitely. I think his players love it though. I think they love how fired up he is and how he's in the trenches. And we actually did have Julian Love, the Giants defensive back, on our show yesterday because he he went viral for basically saying, oh, Nick Sirianni's basically been a passenger. You know, he's got a great team. And that's, you know, today's world. It wasn't exactly what Julian Love was trying to say about Sirianni. He was just trying to say, hey, the players love his fiery demeanor, but they have a really good all-around team, and he lets them play. You know, that was the point I think he was trying to make. And I think Sirianni has elements of that. And then I also think he's got some, um, like other Eagles coaches like Doug Peterson had, some forward-looking, thoughts on how to handle fourth downs and be aggressive and all that stuff. So they've implemented this, I think, organizational wide philosophy to be aggressive and understand the edges of the game when it comes to decision-making on the field. And then on top of that, Sirianni just this fiery personality who likes to get in there. And, um, you know, there's those couple times in the playoffs where he wanted to go for two when everybody assumed he wanted to go for one. And, and that was mathematical. That was, you know, he had a reason and a strategy for that. And then it came across as him being cocky and brash that like, oh I gotta do it this way. And but that's you know, there were reasons for all that. And then he just happens to have this fiery personality. So yeah, I think that's I think he's done well. And it's all and it's all after Siriani had a terrible first press conference where he was, you know, nervous and you know, stumbled across his words a little bit, which everybody's done at, you know, various points. And people wrote him off after one press conference. But they were wrong. He's been an excellent head coach, I think, for the Eagles through two years. Here,
1: are the Eagles the craziest fans in football, NFL?
0: Oh yeah! I mean, I, I was I, I was on Philly radio the other day, and I was like, I almost said something like that. I said something about, all oh, fan bases, especially in uh, uh, big cities, is what I said. You know, getting <laughs> you know, fired up about this. Because I, I, I you know, yeah, they're crazy. They're 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 so passionate. You know, the famous story about booing Santa and all that stuff. They hate that, but. There are elements to that, right? I mean they their their sports radio is, you know, getting upset about absolutely everything and they're just really passionate. And then but when they win, you know, that parade that they had after the two thousand seventeen Super Bowl and all that stuff, when they win, they win well as well, right? Passionately. So yeah, they're there is uh, they're up there as far as uh passionate fan bases go.
1: Is this game set up for AJ Brown to have a big Sunday Super Bowl?
0: I really think him and Devontae Smith are the key for the Eagles, right? I mean, there's probably a lot of people saying, hey, the Eagles are going to run the ball and keep it away from Mahomes." But at some point, the Chiefs, are, they, love, they love to play press coverage on the outside. There's no receiver better than A.J. Brown against press coverage. And once they go one-on-one on the outside with the young corners that the Chiefs have, I think A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith have to make plays. You know? So even if the Eagles move the ball on the ground and – Slow it down and all that stuff. I think it's going to come down to those explosive plays. It's going to be the receivers uh, winning one on ones. AJ Brown winning at the catch point, whatever it might be. I don't. I'm not saying he needs to have 10 catches and 150 yards or anything, but I think there's at least two or three big plays in there, probably from AJ Brown that need to be made if the Eagles are going to win.
1: Yeah, Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus. The guys hanging out with celebrities in uh, Glendale, Arizona. Super Bowl week, pro football focus is everywhere, podcast, and the site is kicking. Um, Jalen Hurts hasn't had to make a big game-winning play or really a big play in this playoffs, just kind of the way it lined up against the Giants and the 49ers. Mahomes has been doing this for a while in the postseason. Do you think that Hurts has that capability to make that big play or have that big drive? On Sunday,
0: yeah, I mean it's it's a good point. I mean we haven't really seen it at all during Hurts' career, you know, even last year. So I don't know. I mean it it is it it does show the difference in both teams, right? I mean we talk a lot about elite quarterbacks and quarterbacks who are going to carry you versus those who are going to just be passengers. And I'm not saying Hurts can't be really good or isn't really good, but clearly he's not in Mahomes' world at the moment. The Eagles have led more than any other team over the last five years, just been in the lead from a just overall time standpoint this year. So they haven't had to play from behind a ton. So yeah, I think there's, I think it's important for the Eagles to have the game flow in their favor to not fall behind two scores and all that stuff. I'm not saying hurts can't do it, but it's certainly not the, the Eagles game. and we haven't seen much of it like just drop back pass and you know chuck it around. I think the Eagles definitely need to keep the game close, keep it on schedule. Be able to run their entire offense. And then we'll see. I mean, look, if whether if Hertz is in a comeback situation, it helps having those playmakers. And Hertz has been really good this year at chucking it up, right? Last year he was he was maybe a little hesitant, even when guys were open. This year he's saying, Hey, when AJ Brown has one on one, I'm gonna throw it up to him. When Devontae Smith is one on one, I'm gonna let him go make a play. So that's a huge part of making those comebacks. So I think they're equipped to do it, even though we haven't seen them have to do it a whole lot this year.
1: Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Uh, Who's in a better, I guess, position, just depending on the matchups, to have a bigger day? Chris Jones with the Chiefs, Fletcher Cox with the Eagles.
0: Well, probably, I'd say Chris Jones just because he's that much better. Um, but it's two really good offensive lines. I think that the Chiefs' strength is the interior of their offensive line. There are two guards, uh, Joe Tooney, Trey Smith, and then center, Creed Humphrey. So I think it's going to be more challenging for the Eagles on the interior with Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave trying to get after the QB. I think the Eagles can have some success on the edge. Um, for the Chiefs, Chris Jones doesn't have uh, backup Bengals guard Max Sharping trying to guard uh, to block him this week where he just kept pushing them into the backfield and had about 10 pressures you know, in the AFC Championship. It will be more difficult against the Eagles, but i go Chris Jones because he was the best defensive tackle in all of football this year.
1: Okay. Whoa. Hang on. Chris oh, well, Jones. Because Aaron
0: Donald got hurt. Yeah, Chris Jones is number one.
1: Okay. Because
0: Aaron Donald got hurt.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, how How fringe, not fringe right now is Fletcher Cox in your opinion as far as Hall of Fame?
0: Oh, man, Hall of Fame's tough. I mean, I, I do think at his peak for three or four years, we, we always joke like, okay, who's the next best player after Aaron Donald? Uh, I think Donald has clearly been the best guy pretty much since his rookie year at that position. But Flecker Cox was the guy for a few years. He was the clear the number two. Um, but it's, probably fringe you know I think it's uh, there's a lot of good players in this era Um, I'd say Fletcher Cox for about there's you know he's he's had over a 10 year career but for about 5 or 6 years was right there as the next guy behind Aaron Donald's we'll see how that plays but um, it's probably right on the outskirts right now for Fletcher Cox
1: Uh, if you had to bet $100 on one of them making it neither may not obviously Chris Jones or Fletcher Cox to Canton Ohio Pro Football Hall of Fame
0: um, I would say Chris Jones. Um, I think from start to finish, Fletcher Cox had a bit of a slow start to his career. Jones is pretty much dominant right from the beginning. And he's in. it's easier for me to say right now because he's in the heart of his career. But I don't think you know, Fletcher Cox had some lulls at the beginning. He slowed down a little bit toward the end. So Chris Jones has a chance if he puts together three or four more elite seasons. That's a pretty solid career. You throw a couple rings on top of it. So I'll say Chris Jones.
1: Okay. Um, Out of Bounds, ESPN 105 down the zone. Steve Palazzolo live from Radio Row, the Super Bowl. He's rubbing elbows with celebrities, all kinds of media events, his podcast, and, of course, the site is popping. Um, How many do you expect – where do you expect this score to land on Sunday?
0: Oh, man, I've been saying this. 27 to 24 range I feel like it could be a little bit lower scoring but who the heck knows you know how they just game flow just gets away from teams sometimes it's you know zero zero after the first or you know halfway into the second and it's like well wow, we didn't expect this game to go like this and then it could just be hey the Chiefs run down there and score a couple touchdowns right away yeah I could see the Chiefs you know, scoring on their first drive they're so good on scripted plays that they get up and score and then the Eagles adjust a little bit. So I think there'll be some, some back and forth. I think the defenses will have some success. I think the other thing too, in that 49ers game, the Niners defense is really good, but if they hadn't lost their QBs, their their D was playing excellent. Um, and they ended up giving up 31 points, but those were on short field, after turnovers and everything. The Niners defense was great. The Eagles Eagles offense was not very good in that game. And the Chiefs defense has played well down the stretch. So, I could see it being a little bit on the lower scoring side and, um, you know, maybe toward the end, a little bit more scoring gets up into the twenties. So I've been predicting that 27, 24 range for the final.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: did he, did you make an official prediction for us? The Steve Palazzolo official pro football focus prediction?
0: I have not, I have not, but, um, you know, I, I, I sometimes I make different predictions everywhere I go. I,
1: so. I've done that too. During yeah. SEC football, uh, You know, season, I I know, I find myself doing the same damn thing. Then retweet the right one. right? Always (laughs) retweet the right one. That's the strategy. Oh, man. Oh, goodness. All right. Uh, What do you think?
0: I'll stick with that 27-24, which I guess uh, one of the betting sites out here interviewed me, and they said that is the most common predicted score, 27-24. So um, I'll take the Chiefs winning by three. And we'll say it's uh, some Mahomes magic, you know, leading to another game-winning field goal toward the end, 27-24
1: Chiefs. Bam. We'll leave it there. Uh, I'm rooting for the Eagles. Blake's rooting for the Chiefs because Dallas is in that division. And are you rooting for anybody, or can you, quote-unquote, not root for anybody since you're with pro football focus?
0: I root for the Shield. I root for the NFL. <laughs>
1: so I'm just, uh,
0: Rooting for fun. Listen, I was uh, I was a Tom Brady, we'll say Tom Brady apologist for years, so my my fandom has been retired. So I'm just going to enjoy
1: the football. Okay, well, I am a fan, and I'm rooting for the Eagles. I love big play, Slay. And, um, All right, love it. So there we go. All right, dude, have a great time. Thank you, bud. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the game. Steve Palazzolo, pff.com. Check it out. And his... Podcast, those guys are, are kicking it. Um, all NFL, they have a good time. Ta- uh, giving evidently Taylor Lewan a hard time, um, <laughs> which is great. Among others,
2: you excited that he picked the Chiefs? Yeah, yeah. I'll let y'all be wrong. No man, come on now. Yeah, I guess we got to figure out between now and tomorrow's end of show what our Super Bowl bet's going to be.
1: We do need to We're do have that. To put something on that. We do need to do that. I'm in.
2: Yeah. We'll have to figure it out. Okay. What? I mean, maybe is it we should ask, be like lunch? Maybe we'll ask listeners what the bet should be for. Or like... I you mean, f- you should take me to a nice dinner, but I should have to do something I did different. that. Yeah. Monday well, night. Well, I mean, let me rephrase that. You should always be take Lavin, me to night's dinners. Yes. Which
1: I was glad he was there because then, you know, I got to actually hang out with somebody that I wanted to be with. But Pete Lavin, general manager of the M Braves... And you and I. were rude. We're at Kessler Prime, and we yes. smashed some Pittsburgh medium-rare steaks. Yes. Along with the
2: bacon appetizer. And crab claws. And crab claws. And all of that should continue to happen. But I guess just meant for this bet, maybe that should be your side of it. And we'll have to figure out what mine would be.
1: I want to let you know that Kessler Prime now has Patron Reposado Tequila. I'm trying to lean on Scott to pick up Patron Añejo an Extra Añejo tequila. The Extra Añejo is aged in an oak barrel for over three years. Pair it with a cigar from Havana Smoke Shop. Hour number three coming up. Bar 2 may join us at 9.30.